0: Adventures with my 40s. I'm Courtney Henning Novak, a 42-year-old woman doing my best to thrive during this decade of life. You can find the show notes at CourtneyHenningNovak.com. And here's the show. Hello, Adventurers. This is episode 22, and I am recording this on Thursday, February 25th, 2021. Still a pandemic. Still distance learning for my second grader. I'm trying to keep an upbeat voice and energy, because it's no fun listening to like someone who's all blah, blah, blah on a podcast, but oh man, I am tired. Th- this pandemic fatigue is real. I had all sorts of great energy last week, and Saturday morning, I woke up, and I was just completely gassed, and I spent the day, I told Nathan in the morning, my goal is to do as little parenting today as possible, and he was... That was his goal too, and we did a pretty good job of it. And Sunday we did the same thing, <laughs> and Monday I woke up still kind of gassed, but every day like my energy is kind of coming back. This it's just long and exhausting, and like it's endless here in Los Angeles. Who like I know that like like what is normal? Will normal return? What will normal be? I'm sick of this normal. Um. Yeah, and I keep talking to anyone I meet, from a Starbucks barista to, you know, friends on the phone, just being like, I'm tired, and pretty much everyone I know is tired. So I'm in good company, at least. I did make a big um, order. I ordered a bunch of books from my library. We can do curbside pickup. Can't go in the library, but you can do all the... um, it's my retail therapy during the pandemic. My main retail therapy is just getting library books. And so I ordered a bunch of books. Okay, let's see if I can pronounce this right. hyuga That's H-Y-G-G-E, which I have always for years pronounced in my head as Higgy. And now I'm going to, I'm blanking on, is it Swedish? I think word for comfort, like wintery comfort. So I ordered a bunch of Hugo books and they're ready. So hopefully I'll pick them up today or tomorrow. And this weekend, last weekend, I spent like two hours on the couch looking through cookbooks from the library and picking out what like one book had recipes I actually wanted to try, which one of them I'm trying tonight. But then like I got the cookbook for French Laundry, which is the really fancy pantsy Michelin Star restaurant in Northern California. Where Gavin Newsom was caught breaking all of his stay-at-home orders with, you know, all sorts of people. You know, these are like the meals that cost thousands of dollars. So I I looked at their cookbook and I I kept laughing out loud and showing Nathan like all the fancy pants equipment. And like there was like recipes that had ingredients that took up the whole, like a whole page. And this was a big book, like a coffee table style cookbook. So it, it was just absurd. And... That that was a lot of fun. I even had a New Orleans cookbook and that had recipes for like alligator and frog legs. So I concluded at the end of that book that I would really like to go to New Orleans one day, but I don't need to try to cook that way at home. Maybe there's like some accessible recipes, but I have been having a lot of fun with my, my goal is to cook a hundred new, to try a hundred new recipes in 2021. And I'm already done more than 25 at this point. Last night I made homemade flour tortillas. Those were really easy and really delicious. So that was fun and that has been a very energizing project for me. And speaking of energizing projects, I finished the second draft of my novel yesterday in last November. I wrote that there was NaNoWriMo, which is National November Writing Month, where you try to write the first draft, like you write 50,000 words of a first draft of a novel in a month. And I got the 50,000 words, and then it took me like another week or two to finish the first draft. And it's a novel about a preschool room mom, and she feels like an imposter. Uh, she grew up in the circus, <laughs> so she didn't ever go to what she calls real school until college. So she feels like she's completely out of her element, but so it's it's just like, it's like I call it a mom-com. It's really been fun to write, and I finished the second draft. I have no idea what that means. I will be printing it up this afternoon and then reading it and figuring out revisions. I have no idea if it means I will be working on revisions for one more month and then sending it to an editor, or six months, or a year. I have no idea because this is my first time writing a novel like this and revising it. I've never finished a novel. Um, And also there's this whole pandemic thing and distance learning with kids and limit, you know, it's just so unpredictable. So like trying to peg like a deadline, it just, it's just working on it steadily. That's all I, that's the best I can hope for. Putting like a, I want to be done by this date. I want to be able to publish it by this date. Like Nah, I can't do that to myself. That's just too much stress. But it's shaping up and it's really, I love it. It's like funny, but also meaningful. And it's exactly the book I want to be writing right now in 2021. Julian got his stitches out on Monday. He he, uh, he learned nothing, I would say, from his... He, he did a wild move at, right at bedtime and split his chin open and... That night he was telling me when I took him to Urgent Care to get the stitches, he was all like, I will never be wild again, and I was like, oh yeah, okay, no, I'll never be wild again, and then give it a week, and we go back to Urgent Care to get his stitches out, and he <laughs> is like, I can't wait to be wild, <laughs> like, of course, you're, you're ready to be wild again. It's just, it's part of being a kid, I guess. And he, I made a comment about, um, as we were leaving Urgent Care, like, we'll be back, Julian heard me and he just shouts and waves very loudly, I'll be back. And uh, the nurses and doctors got to kick up that. And we have 1 l- week left for Pippa having to be really careful with her nose. Oh, and one more week I can take her to playgrounds. She can ride her bike, her scooter, her roller skates her skateboard we have a moon bounce that we've had for several years that we can blow it up on the front lawn and the kids can jump it's just it's one of those mini moon bounces my father-in-law gave it as like a Christmas gift at some point so it's um we can go back to wild thank god she is like brimming bristling with energy cackling like she just hasn't Been able to do much in terms of like just like there's been some running but not like she's like a busy kid and some of it is art and we've been able to like do the art part but some of it is also like just running and doing all the skating and biking and she's been missing soccer and tennis and she's i signed her up for a next round of tennis so she gets to start like she'll be clear to go on like a friday or a thursday and i think it's it's a friday i think Anyway, no Thursday. Uh, who, who gives a shit? And that Saturday, she starts a new round of tennis. So she gets to do tennis. And then that f- 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 there's been this like soccer clinic I signed up both kids for, and it was it's run by the city. It's twice a week for eight weeks for forty five bucks. Thank you, City of Pasadena. And so she gets to start the soccer clinic at last. Not this Friday, but the next. So good times are coming. There's rumors that hybrid learning will be starting back up in Pasadena. There's a board meeting tonight, or like at three today, and I'm planning to, you know, pull up the stream. I think it's on YouTube or something and watch and see what the hell is going on. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's it for today. Oh, I did want to, no, 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 I have a whole episode. That's not it for today. That's like the, <laughs> what my life's been like for the last week. Uh, but, oh, I did want to mention something about, I was talking about my pandemic fatigue. And for me, that when I feel fatigued and it's not because I'm sick, like physically ill, uh, that does put me on high alert because fatigue for me is part of when I had postpartum depression, I definitely experienced a lot of fatigue. Like it was like a, like a, it was as if like gravity was extra strong for me and was like pulling me down. And I felt like I, was powerless. And all I could do was like, just lay down and be pathetic for a while. And, you know, not, not tired enough to sleep, but not having the energy to even read. So having had that fatigue start on Saturday, I I was like, red flag, is this depression? Or is this pandemic fatigue? And I, I went through my own, like, I just thought about it. And I journaled about it. And I was like, I, this is different from depression fatigue, what I have was what I would call pandemic fatigue. Like it's been decision overload. Everything is like new. It's been stressful. There's a lot of feelings. My kids have a lot of feelings and there's just life is rife with uncertainty. And so I think what I, and I, I still want to do things. So when I have depression, I I don't it's not even that I don't want to do things. It's I forget all the things I like to do like when I was depressed I forgot that I like to write every day and I just like completely lost that for months of my life And I, I realized I was coming out of depression when I actually felt like the urge like I have to write or I'm going to lose my mind And so I'm still doing things and I still want to do things. So it was like Saturday I was completely exhausted so I sat on the couch and I was looking through the cookbooks and I was thinking about all the recipes I wanted to try and I'm like, I'm trying one today. So I was like, that was, but it was helpful to be like, okay, red flag, but it's, I'm not in the depression zone. It would be very easy to get depressed during this pandemic. And I'm sure it has happened to tons and tons and tons of people. For me, it was more anxiety. That's why I'm back on the Zoloft. But yeah, oh my God, pandemics are hard. It's hard. It takes a toll on mental health. Mental health of kids, too. I could talk about that pretty much every episode. But today, I want to talk about values. I was listening. We're we're just, that's it. Like, we're just completely switching from all that stuff I was talking about. And now we're just onto a whole new subject. Sorry, I should come up with, like, an elegant segue, but I didn't deal with it, okay? But I love you, and you look really really cute today. Whatever you're wearing, you're looking cute and fabulous. Trust me, you are. Okay, so last week I was listening to the audiobook of Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Um, Oh, By the way, I also figured out I have been a library card-carrying member of Pasadena for years and years and haven't dealt with LA public library in ages, but I've been listening to audiobooks and the Pasadena library audiobook offerings are limited there's a lot, but it's limited. And I realized, oh, I live in LA County. So, it was like a week or two ago, I got online and I requested an online e-card from LA Public Library. Got it immediately and got myself signed up to their um audiobook and their ebook online app. And oh my god, they don't have every single audiobook, but almost everything I've looked for, they have. And there's wait lists, but they're pretty fast. I've so I was able to get the dare to lead. Like Pasadena didn't have it, but um, LA Public Library did. So I suddenly have so many more audiobook options that I don't have to pay for. I still have my Audible membership, but which gets me one credit a month and then their free library. But now I don't have to worry about buying extra Audible credits and like sort of like like planning like which one am I gonna get. I just it's so exciting. So I got Dare to Lead, and I inhaled it. I love Renee Brown. And I love her podcast. Um, and I've read a couple of her books before, maybe three, but I had not read Dare to Lead because it's it's directed towards the workplace, and I'm not in a traditional workplace anymore. And don't intend to go back to a traditional workplace anytime soon, if ever. Let me knock on my laminated wood. But I thought, you know, I'm a, a room mom. And I'm involved with my children's schools. And that's a type of leadership. And I just love Brene Brown's work. And I was like, I'm sure I can learn something from it. And I did. It was it was amazing. Even, I think, it's as a mom and just having a family, I'm a leader to my kids. And so a lot of the principles that were about being a leader at work had a lot. Like, I just found a lot of application to my life. So I loved the book. And the second part of the book is called... Living into our values. And it completely changed my attitude about values. I love that. You know, let me get out my book. I should probably give a definition of values because it's one of those mushy, mushy words. So bear with me. would have been really, really smart if I found this before I started recording a podcast. But I didn't. Anyway, values, I'll just keep talking while I look for this. Oh, I found the chapter. Okay, values. So, Brene gives a definition that is, a value is a way of being or believing that we hold most important. It's a perfect definition. It's not your Oxford English definition, but the Brene Brown definition I love. A value is a way of being or believing that we hold most important. I spent a lot of time, I don't know if it was a year or two or three ago, really thinking about my values and journaling about them and talking about it with my therapist. And we, and I came up with a list of values and it started out as like 10 and it kept growing. And I think it was, I I call it 20-ish, but it may have been more than 20, you know, it was at least 20, 20 20-ish. And I loved the list of values. And every now and then I would go through I would write them in the back of my journal. Like, These are my values. And I would reference, reference them when I was journaling. Be like, how am I living my values? And when I was dealing with a tough situation, I would reference the values. But it was a bit... I stopped using them. Probably because there was. it was just a long... It was a pain in the ass. I would be... I'd finish a journal. I handwrite in my journals. And I use graph paper notebooks. I don't know why. I just like the graph paper when I'm journaling. And so for a few journals, I would write a long list of my values on the back, but then I didn't do it once. And then it was like such a pain to dig up the next, like find the old journal to like transcribe the list. And so I haven't had the, journal, the values written in the back of my journal for probably a year now. So from, I did all this work for values, but they became this sort of vague thing that was in the background, but I didn't really think that much more about after doing the work of figuring them out. So. Listening to Brene, she was talking about the values, and she said, um, let me read this quote from Brene. Um, No, I'm not ready to read the quote. Okay, I'm just really just hitting home runs today, aren't I? So I have talked about the values many times with my therapist and developed all that work, but then I wasn't using my values very well. So Brene has a list of over 100 possible values in her book and they're just that a person might hold and she even left a couple of blanks at the end of the list because it, like there might be values that she missed that you could add there so when i was listening to the audiobook i was out of my walk i was like walking to starbucks i remember exactly where i was and when she was saying like over 100 values on this list i thought hot damn maybe i can like find some new values for my list But then the next thing she said, okay, now I'm ready to quote Brene Brown. (laughs) The task is to pick the two values that you hold most important. I know this is tough because almost everyone we've done this work with, including me, and me, Brene Brown, not me, Courtney, wants to pick somewhere between 10 and 15. I can soften the blow by suggesting that you start by circling those 15, but you can't stop until you're down to two core values. I was like, what the f like two core values that's ridiculous that's preposterous that might work for brene brown but i have way more than two core values i can't just be tied down to two core values but i kept listening to the book to the book and so here's the next thing she had to say all right by the way i i listened to the audiobook and i was loving it so much and kept hearing so many quotes that i ended up ordering the hardback of the book And have it now here on my desk, hence I could find a quote for you about the definition of value. And like I immediately went to some sections I loved and highlighted because I know this is going to be a book that I like it had a lot of stuff about perfectionism like this, like two pages I basically highlighted that I want to slowly unpack in blogging and um, I'd like to do an episode on perfectionism in in an upcoming, upcoming episode. Um, So I... I bought the hardback so I could actually find, and I immediately went to like this values section to find the quotes, but she actually has a page on her website that lists all the values so you don't have to buy the book, and I'll link it in the show notes, and I've already linked it on my blog, so if you're interested in looking at Brene's list of values and doing this work, it's there and available. You don't have to buy the whole book and read it, but I loved the book, and I highly recommend it. I highly recommend really any of Brene Brown's work. Okay, so here's what she had to say about the two core values. If you remember, I'm talking as Brene Brown here, even though I can't do her awesome Texas accent. The research participants who demonstrated the most willingness to rumble with vulnerability and practice courage tethered their behavior to one or two values, not ten. This makes sense for a couple of reasons. First, I see it the same way that I see Jim Collins' mandate. If you have more than three priorities, You have no priorities. At some point, if everything on the list is important, then nothing is truly a driver for you. It's just a gauzy list of feel-good words. Second, I've taken more than 10,000 people through this work, and when people are willing to stay with the process long enough to whittle their big list down to two, they always come to the same conclusion that I did with my own values process. My two core values are where all of the second tier circles values are tested. All right, so let me, I'll walk you through what I did. So for me, that actually, excuse me, as I turn my pages, I don't know how other podcasters keep their like show notes available. Sometimes I just sort of do this off the top of my head, but I feel like I have, more meaningful episodes when I have notes on paper. and Maybe I should just have it on my computer screen and scroll, but I like the paper. So sorry for all the crinkle sound effects. Alright, so what Brene Brown said about having two core values actually made a lot of sense to me. Like, as I thought about it and thought about my list of values, I realized that I had these 20 values, but it was quarter- counterproductive. Like if I'm having a tough conversation or dealing with a tricky issue, you know, journaling about something. It's hard to think through 20-ish values. Like I used to actually try every like week or month to do a values check, how am I living my values? And it was exhausting, it took forever. It was like, I usually like to journal three pages and it'd be like five or six and it was it was too much. Like my hand would be like broken by the end. And if I'm working through 20-ish values, like I can't pull them up off, off the top of my head. If I try to do that, I'm bound to forget something and then we'll just feel overwhelmed and we'll abandon the process and I know that because I have abandoned the process, like I found my 20-ish values and I tried to use them in my life and it was too much. So it wasn't working for me. So I realized like, okay, let me try to do this work because maybe Brene is onto something here. And I decided I would try to whittle my big list of 20-ish values down to two core values. I doubted I could actually do this, but I thought I would give it at least the old college try. So. And I thought about it. And I thought off the top of my head, uh, that the values that I would end up picking before I even saw the list would be authenticity, and curiosity, because those are two big drivers for me. But I decided I would actually sit down and look at the list. And I went through the list of over a 100 different values, which I am not going to read. But I started highlighting all the values that jumped out at me that like resonated with me particularly. and The ones that I highlighted were adventure, authenticity, belonging, connection, courage, creativity, curiosity, faith, family, intuition, and learning. I was really surprised when I saw adventure on the list. I'd never thought of it as a value. Look, my podcast is called Adventures with my 40s. My memoir is called Adventures with postpartum depression. Adventure is a word I love and that I'm drawn to, but I never thought of it as a value. But it was theirs, and I decided I was like, "Well, could it be my core value?" It seems like pretty like obvious, like since I put it in the title of my podcast and my books. But it felt too fun, so I decided that can't be my core value. It's it's just like it, it, you can't have a fun core value, can you? Because to me, adventure is fun, and it just didn't seem the right thing to do. So I decided that as I had thought before that my values were authenticity and curiosity and I was writing that in my journal but it just didn't feel right. So I kept looking at the list and I just kept going back to the word adventure. So I wrote the word adventure in my journal. I love writing words like this because you can paying attention to the feeling that it evokes and I wrote the word adventure and it felt good. I'm speaking the word adventure now and it feels so good to me. I feel my energy like flowing through my heart. I feel like I'm in the flow. Like that that is a word for me. I'm really connected to that word. And I wrote Curiosity again. And yes, that is one of that is I think curiosity is one of my superpowers. I'm a very curious person. But it didn't resonate quite the same way as authenticity and adventure did. So I kept journaling it and writing out the words and the pair words several times and I just couldn't deny it anymore. Adventure is my core value. And maybe it's my core value because I think it's fun. Because some people probably hear the word adventure and they like, you know, shiver and quake. I just realized what I need to do to get the crinkling sound out of my podcast recordings. I need to hit pause on the recording change the page, and then unpause and keep recording. But guess what? That's too much fucking work for me. I'm not going to do that, okay? We're just going to deal with the crinkling sound effects. All right. So I'm a very curious lady. I love my curiosity. Like I said, it's one of my superpowers. It's not my core value. My core values are adventure and authenticity. And I wrote that about that in a blog post earlier this week. And it felt so good and right, I feel like, I feel like I've come home to myself. I still value my curiosity and all my other values that I, I picked up and all the values I didn't highlight. Like, it's not that I, you know, like, there. let me grab the list here. There were some values that I didn't highlight, but like sportsmanship and like spirituality is really important to me, but I, I didn't even think to highlight it. Responsibility. Yeah, that's an important value to me. Resourcefulness. Uh, um generosity harmony yeah these are all great values and wonderful but you know i didn't take they, they weren't the ones i was going to highlight and they certainly they're just not my core values all those other values feed into my core values so like curiosity is a secondary value and it drives both my authenticity and my adventure following my curiosity leads me to ways to be more authentic to my like to be my more, to be my most authentic self And it also creates adventure in my life. Adventure doesn't have to be going down like whitewater rapids. It doesn't have to be Captain Nemo (laughs) and, you know, 40,000 leagues or 20,000 leagues under the sea. I forget how many leagues that is. How how long even is a league? Does anyone know anymore? Uh, But curiosity can be like the adventures I go on are like mental health adventures and doing the self work. Of being my best self, that feels like an adventure to me, and I embrace that adventure. And realizing that adventure is my core value has actually been a major mood lifter for me this week. Because this pandemic, if it's anything, it is an adventure. Distance learning is a hell of a adventure, and yeah, so I'm having some adventures, and they're my core values. So I I would like to stop resisting the adventure part of my life, because you know, going on adventures, and that's my authentic self. Um, the same goes, so a lot of my other values that I hold near and dear to my heart really do feed into my primary core values. So, like, I really value compassion, but, and I have to be, it's not my primary value, but I have to be compassionate in order to be my authentic self. Courage. I really value courage, and I need to be courageous in order to seek adventure. Intuition. Oh my gosh, I love my intuition. I have conversations with my intuition in my journal. I use my tarot deck to access like my intuition. Intuition is not, though, my core value. Instead, it's like the dynamo powering my authentic, adventurous spirit. So my core values, authenticity and adventure. I was really worried when I went into the exercise of trying to reduce my 20-ish list of values down to two core values, that I would be diminishing my sense of self, that I'd be rejecting values and like creating a very narrow version of me. But in fact, it's it's done the opposite. I feel like I know myself better than I ever did before. And it feels like I have my values are now a tool that I can use much more easily because instead of being like here, I have a problem and now let me think about being compassionate and being, um, you know, sportsmanlike and being spiritual. All I have to do is go, okay, what is authentic to me? And like, am I avoiding an adventure? Because for me, adventure is core value. So like, why am I, am I shying away from an adventure? Like I can just reference. I value adventure. I value authenticity. And how, what choices do I need to make to keep to be true to those values? It's a little awkward right now because I haven't done this, but you know, I I look forward to referencing my core values. They're just so easy to remember. Like, what are my values? Authenticity and adventure. Um, that those are think, two things that I know are really important to. All of my 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 mental health, my spiritual health, my emotional health, my physical health. When I'm being authentic to myself, it life is so much easier. And I I need adventure, and it doesn't have to be. Thank God, whitewater rafting. I don't need to climb any glaciers. Thank you very much. No need to go inside a volcano. But I do, and like need adventure in my regular life. I'm not a person who needs to like just be like ho oh, hum, you know, same thing every day. Sorry, I'm like shitting on someone else's happy existence. But okay. I'm going to stop rambling now. Those are my core values. I really enjoyed the exercise. And so the message I wanted to do for you is to challenge you to figure out your two core values. I would love to have conversations with people and about what their values are and you know, I'm excited to hear from people who do this work. And I found this very inspirational, and I'll report back how it helps me as I keep navigating this pandemic and the shit show that is distance learning. Okay, look at me wrapping it up after 30 minutes. I hope you are staying healthy and sane wherever you are, and that the pandemic is not as shitty for you as it is here in Los Angeles. But, you know, trying to occupy that space between hope and despair, but really leaning towards the hope these days, because it's, you know, I want to be enough and that this life right now is enough. But I also like to think that this time next year, we're going to be like in a totally different experience. Yeah. Yay. Okay. Have a great week and hopefully I'll be back next week. Bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Adventures with My 40s. You can reach me through my website, courtneyhenningnowback.com or on Instagram at courtney.noback enjoying the show, subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. Have a great and wonderful week.